You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Goblin, the Mash Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US. And I'm Katie, Clanker Goblin Resto Shaman on Earthen Ring US. And today is September 23rd, 2021, and this is episode number 134. And we are going to pick up with our discussion of Grimoire of the Shadowlands. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into that. Woo! So. Let's move on to chapter two yes. here. Oh my gosh, we're only at two. <laughs> right. So this is the chapter on dying. Um, and in particular here, they, they talk a little bit about anima, mm-hmm. how it is the precious energy bound within each mortal soul accumulated through its deeds in life. And I want to think about that for a minute because we ca- as characters go through the game Completing deeds. Mm -hmm. And as we complete deeds, we accrue experience. I was going to say, is it experience? (laughs) Oh my God, you're on the same frame. Okay, sorry, go ahead. And Right. And so, yeah. So like our our characters getting a lot of experience, getting to higher levels through these deeds are effectively gaining more anima. So there is a definite correlation between how much experience we have and how much anima we then bring into the Shadowlands. And, and so it, it does make sense too from a non-gameplay perspective that if you just think about the, okay, like if you just kind of sit around in your your house doing nothing but playing video games all day, maybe you're not getting a lot of anima, but if you're out like leading a country and fighting in wars and, and you know, doing stuff there, maybe you've got more anima. And so, yeah, so like your souls might have more, uh, you know, you know more more viability to them when, when you, you go over into the other side. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just found a little like, it's that's literally a description of what we do. Yep. (laughs) Then there's another quote here where they say, uh, since the dawn of known existence, the arbiter, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now here's where, which gets, gets interesting because we know that the jailer was functioning as the arbiter before the arbiter. Right. Yes. But they're saying since the dawn of known existence, the arbiter, if effectively saying from the, that from the dawn of time, the mm-hmm. arbiter has been around, except we know that, that there was a time before that when the arbiter wasn't around. So I'm guessing so, the arbiter is a title instead of like, that's, that's, what right, I'm that's my question. I'm guessing that's, that's true. Question. I mean, it's like the jailer, like Zolval's title is the jailer, right? Previously he was the arbiter. Right. So in the, like yes. they actually talk about him being, um, not benevolent, which kind of tracks with his character. I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of a jerk. Just saying, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought that was that was interesting that they they talk about this, uh, him being less benevolent. Although the the current arbiter, as far as I understand, it doesn't really. F- I mean, she might she they might feel, but not to the same capacity. Like. Uh, the arbiter, the current arbiter, feels less flawed 
than the the past one, if that makes sense. Zolval. Like Zolval clearly has feelings and emotions uh and can be I don't know. I don't want to say led astray, but like there's only so many crappy people you can see in your life before you're just tired of it all. You have to sort all these people and you're like, oh man, like this guy's an asshole. <laughs> Lots of people go here and then at some point you're like, you know what? I'll you just all go straight to the ma. You're all terrible people. I'm done with this. Right. Oh, but, um, I do also want to point out that on page 30, they actually do have a little footnote that has uh, anima is proportional to the sum of ex- experience. So there is like actually uh not quite a full formula, but yeah, they do they do pretty much come out and say that right there. <laughs> so uh let's move on here to the chapter on Ouroboros. Mm. Okay, so uh once again it seems the implication here that the arbiter was created by the first ones. Which doesn't well, okay. The like the position of Arbiter, because like maybe Zolval was, I thought that most of, well, not most of them, but I think a lot of the original, uh, I guess, leaders of death were created by the first ones, as far as I know. Like, I think the Winter Queen, uh, Daenerys, and, um, wait. Well, no, it's, it says what, it was the wisdom of the first ones who believed the Arbiter best suited to this task among their children. Uh she she was shaped by their oh, hands maybe. and blessings for their this critical role. Huh. Well, uh, the other thing, the, Ali actually brought this up in the chat, which I agree is we're also learning this from the broker's perspective. So they might not oh, yeah, have all yeah. the pieces that we do to know that Zolval was there first. I, I oh, think. Yeah. I mean, well, it's possible that there was someone, then Zolval, and then the this current construct. Um well, I guess I guess going back, uh, going back a moment here to where uh, talking about the the arbiter uh, being the arbiter since the dawn of known existence, mm-hmm. um, and I guess that's the key is known existence, which right. could imply like there was a time of existence before the, before what was known. Right, right. So I guess that's kind of the yeah, like like basically you know if the if the, the brokers don't come in until whatever year, then everything before that is kind of just you know it doesn't matter. They're only talking about what they know. Right. So. All right. And then, uh, yeah, then uh, also there's a reference to an ancient time when the Arbiter was not so benevolent. And I think that's a direct reference to when Zoval was the Arbiter. Yes, I would agree. Yes. Okay, so let's move into chapter four on Ardenweald. <laughs> Which was good. I'm, I'm sorry, no. What? Yeah, yeah, Ardenweald. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, they talk about Cenarius and they call yep. him family to the Winter Queen. I mean, that... Okay, so that's one of those things where it's like, that was not a surprise because, and then, the, okay, to be fair, Warcraft lore keeps going back and forth on this point, but as far as we understand, Cenarius is a child of a loon in some capacity, whether or not he was actually born of a union between a loon um, and Malinorn, but he is a loon's child, I think in a similar way that Ysera is, if that makes sense. Um, and so, like, the fact that the Winter Queen's treating him like family, I was like, well, yeah, that's like your nephew, kind of. Like nephew point five. I don't <laughs> I don't know. It's the same like you, Sarah, right? Where's I don't know. Yeah, like a step nephew or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh it's kind of interesting. So uh, that wasn't a big surprise. But I was glad that they clarified that because that that cements that bond in my mind. 
instead of it just being kind of speculation. Because we get in uh, Legion, you can go um, to Valshara and there's elves that talk to you there, night elves that are kind of like, oh, yeah, like, haha, scenarios. And you're like, okay, but like you're just flipping everything we know on its head by saying like, oh, no, that's just kind of a story. Uh, so it's interesting. They, I'm glad that they like solidified that tie more. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes lore is hard because there's just like unreliable narrators all the time. It's like you keep giving us crumbs and we don't know if it's real or not. Also, we don't even know what Elune like physically is. And so right. for Elune to mate with a giant white stag, right? like what does, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and that might be one of those things where it's like because he looks like a centaur, essentially, which uh, gosh, what are they called? I'm trying to remember what his race is called. Uh, keepers. I think, because uh, keepers of the, the keepers grove. of the grove, yep. yeah. Um, like they they look half deer most of the time, or half stag. Um, uh, so like that might be some of the night elves being like, ah, yes, like this makes the most sense that they're like part of Melanorn, but they're also like the children of a loon, and they're like, ah, yes, this is what must have happened. And Cenarius is like, that's not right, but eh. so uh, who knows. I guess it's long in the short. I don't think we'll ever know the full question or the full answer to that question. But we'll keep waiting for it <laughs> for another twenty-five years. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, no, but then uh, moving on, they talk about the Winter Queen, mm. and uh, they say it is logical to assume that the existence of a reciprocal being who serves as her counterpart can be found as well. And so this is basically sort of where you get the mm. if the Winter Queen is sort of the 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 death the nature death mm -hmm. figure then there must be like a nature life figure on the other side kind of you know again if you have the arden wheel is sort of the counterpart to the emerald dream there must be a figure leading over the emerald dream and again given sort of the shifting position of a loon in the cosmos is a loon that figure behind the emerald dream the same way that you know uh the winter queen is over here i would guess that's probably accurate like that feels like the most accurate representation of what it could be, because the Emerald Dream is supposed to represent like pure life, like life in its most pure stage, if I remember correctly. Although it's devoid of any animals, it's like plant life. It's the super rich, almost like an in-between. I almost want to call it like a pocket dimension, but it's not. It's it's a uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if like that's closer to her domain, like the Winter Queen is um, for Ardenweald, but it's interesting because we've never interacted with Haloon, so it's it's hard to know if she has any sort of like physical presence, or if she might be almost more like the brokers, where she doesn't have a physical presence as much as she's just an entity. Oh, entity of benevolence and also death when she feels like it. Um <laughs> She puts on her big giant deer costume so she can go hook up with Malorn. I'm never gonna unsee that. Thanks, Nick. God. <laughs> <laughs> she's basically a giant furry. Oh, no, I'm just going to see, like, this really poorly stitched together deer costume. It's just kind of like, it has, like, light coming out the seams. It's just kind of, like, flopping around. And Melanorn's like, hey, babe, how's it going? <laughs> He's like, I haven't seen another giant deer around here. What's happening? Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> some uh, some nice moon wells, perhaps? It's lonely when you're a wild god. It is. It is. It's a hard life. It's a hard life. At least we don't have any, like, Zeus stories going on, as far as we know. So... Not yet, we don't. Not yet. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll skip on that. And anyone I don't know. I have a feeling Odin could get up to some shenanigans. Probably, Katie says painfully. I don't really need another <laughs> reason to hate him more. 
yeah. Yeah. That, that Odin guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, it goes on here that uh, to theorize that the Winter Queen's sister uh, would be in the Pantheon of Life. Right. Which, right. So that could be where Elune is. And then uh, regarding the Winter Queen, uh, it does say that she and the land are one. As the land thrives, so does she. Mm-hmm. And so we know that they've said before uh, that, you know, if you kill the, uh, the eternal ones, that there's, their, their realm would also go with them. Right. Uh, well, and that's, they actually brought that up with Ysera as well, because they're like, the Winter Queen actually gave part of her life essence, which we knew from in-game, to keep Ysera from disappearing uh, and reviving her, in fact. But, like, the broker even's like, we think that she might be tied to this place forever, but, like, even she doesn't really know if she's, like, gonna have to stay here forever, because, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, they made it clear that she will always be a part of Ardenweald or like Ardenweald and her will share some kind of life force. Cause I would guess it's similar to like her, the winter queen and Ardenweald are now all like one life force, if that makes sense. Or at least like she, if, if the winter queen or Ardenweald dies, then Ysera will as well. I don't know if it's like Ysera dies then anything else will die. I don't think it goes that way. Um, but it's interesting to think about like she might be able to leave because like in that quest i was under the impression like she's never allowed to leave and she's like here forever and imprisoned yeah but they definitely put a little loophole in there just in case because i i would be surprised if they didn't want to bring you sarah well, back somewhere someday well it might it might be the kind of thing too and i i can't i can't think blizzard would ever do anything like this but maybe you know like alex Straza's in trouble and so yasera has to leave ardenweald to go save her but doing that means that yasera has to sacrifice herself and mm-hmm. she'll wind up floating up into the stars again and it'll be very sad and we'll all cry i do not need it. to cry for another time oh my god <laughs> that cinematic gets me every time and everyone knows that cuz i tell it say it every time that cinematic's brought up <sighs> good cinematic it's a good cinematic i cry like a baby every time without fail <laughs> i've seen it like at least a dozen or more times and i just sob i i like i think they even show it when you're um do they show it on the yasera quest i don't remember i thought yeah. i thought yeah i was gonna say i thought they did and like i cried even then i was like i know it's coming they, they want to remind you so that you know what, what's coming yeah mm-hmm. and then uh blizzard feeds off he- my tears okay we're good pretty much pretty much <laughs> Let's move on here to Bastion, mm. uh, which talks about the light bearers of Fanlin Descor. I feel like I need to go reread this section because I don't suddenly don't remember that. Yeah, um, I, I just have a question mark there. I don't. Rem- I don't. I don't. I think that's just like a thing that they reference. I don't think it means anything. It, it, maybe it's something that they'll get to at some point, but I don't think Fanlin Descor has any bearing. I haven't um, done any of their um, uh, Paragon or not Paragon um, Covenant quests, like quest lines. I'm really behind. I feel terrible. I'm so far behind in like doing all the covenants. But um, they did talk about how the Forsworn were made, which is interesting uh, as well. Like I found that kind of uh, an interesting little tidbit. Yes. Um, sorry, and the stewards. I love the stewards. The steward of stew. Stew, the stew steward. <laughs> yes. He wasn't mentioned in there, but I just I saw the stewards. I was like, ah, yes. The one NPC I will never forget is Stew, the stew steward. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they do talk about the origin of the Mossworn, mm-hmm. how they were aspirants who faltered. It was decided that they were unable to ascend, so they were banished from Bastion and sent back to the Arbiter to be reevaluated. But once the anima flow was broken, right. 
these proto forsworn wound up in the maw. And so that's how you get mossworn. Which it kind of surprises me because that in a way, like there must be a constant supply of them. But okay. Sorry, this is one of those where it's like I have to wrap my head around things and I know that like game mechanics and like lore mechanics cannot be the same. So like hypothetically now I would guess there are not more and more moss worn being created because we have started to understand what's happening. Although it ha- I have to wonder if it's like how did they figure this out or like how did they realize that these I mean I guess like they assume that these aspirants will come back or be resorted. They, they were supposed to be resorted. Right. Basically, it's like, okay, you, 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 you're not gonna, you're not cut, cut out for Bastion here. Mm-hmm. Go back to the Arbiter, get reevaluated, go somewhere else. Although, you know, have, a, have a nice afterlife. I could see them like, and that actually brings up another question to me. It's like, it, it seems like it is possible for people to be sorted incorrectly, if that makes sense. Like, uh, people can go to one plane of uh, death or one, I don't know, uh area of death in the afterlife and they can look at you like i don't think you were meant to be here like are you so in a way it's like is the arbiter fallible then because i don't know like yes and no the the short the short answer is yes the arbiter is fallible i think that's sort of the takeaway here the longer answer is that for those people who believe that the arbiter is not or is is infallible right um then it has to go through the great purpose that people can change Mm -hmm. That his soul can be evaluated. I mean, you have to believe people can change. Otherwise, what's the point of sending them to Revendreth? They yes. change in Revendreth. Yes, they do. The whole point of Revendreth is to change them and send them back out. Yes. So it's entirely possible that the process of going through Bastion and failing ultimately changes you. And like, yeah, once upon a time, you were worthy of being in Bastion. But because you came here and failed, you're no longer worthy of being in Bastion. You need to go back. And if you want to take that a step further, that the Arbiter is infallible, you were always intended to come to Bastion, fail, and then get reevaluated so you could go where you're supposed to go. Seems like a bit of a circuitous route, but that's always the route you were intended to take. That makes me wonder, like, you know how they say that all, like, all instances, all realities of a single person will wind up in the Shadowlands as one, like, one cohesive spirit, if you will. Like, that makes me wonder, so, like, if... Part of your spirit, like, so say, like, our version of Azeroth, it's like, oh, I need to go to Bastion first, then get restarted, and then find out that I'm actually supposed to be in Maldraxxus. Like, is there another, like, the full entity of you is in Maldraxxus, and, like, your part of your soul had to get... Because, like, I'm thinking of, like, Garrosh, right? There was a... Right. There was a... They talk about the, the alternate reality where Garrosh was, like, this amazing leader, and he was just astounding, and everyone loved him. And I'm like, I can't imagine that guy went, like, right to Rivendreth, like... Did he go like through the Bastion route and they're like, ah, actually you need to be resorted. And then he goes to Rivendreth to like no, collect well, in n- to the other. N- no, because he would be, he would be part of, he would be a small part of the garage that we see in the Shadowlands. And so he would go, he would go to Revendreth, even though on his own, that character should, you know, go that to- character being, you know, being valued enough that they could go to Maldraxxus or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Bastion if they were that serviceable. Um, because the greater whole, the the proper Garrosh, is just a jerk. Prime <laughs> is just a jerk. Get sucked along with that. I mean, um, but it's not. But it's. It, but it's one of those things where you think like, oh, I feel bad for that guy because like he. But like you know, he was like in the Shadowlands. It's all one. It's, it's all like Garrosh has some vague memories of like, yeah, maybe a little bit of me was a nice guy, but it's overwhelmed by the fact like he's just an overbearing jerk who wants to turn red and, and explode. 
Yes, that that exact thing. No, it it's just it, it bears like some reflection on how how these things happen, I guess. Like there it, like there must be an instance in time where the first iteration, first fragment of your soul gets sorted somewhere. But like, okay, so <laughs> I know this is this is like mind boggling. I we probably should move on before I break my brain thinking. No, about no, this. no. Go, 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 go through it here. All right. So at some point, there has to be a first part of your soul that enters the Shadowlands. I would guess because I don't think everyone's there in eternity. If that makes sense, like as far as we know, you don't get like reincarnated in that way. Like I think we know that there can be reincarnation, but uh, not. Okay, you seem like you have a point. Well, no. He, well, here's I think the the case against that here. Velen. Alternate Velen died. Yes. He's not in the Shadowlands. Okay. So we're waiting Velen, for the prime right. to die. Okay. So it's, it, 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 it's, again, this is because kind of, again, because time is not a construct of death. Mm. It's hard to put things into a, pro, into a, a, a sequential order sometimes because we're thinking can't. of time as like a, a flowing line. But basically like alternate variant Velen just kind of it doesn't exist at the moment because he's dead. Right. And when Velen dies, he'll have a vague, there'll be a little part of him that'll have like a twinge of a memory. Like, Oh, Hey, remember that time I sacrificed myself for an Aru? And that's, that, that that's kind of how it works. It's, it's, it's kind of like alternate Velen is, is, is I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a purgatory somewhere where alternate Velen can sit. But again, because I think it has to do with like, from Velen, from alternate Velen's perspective, he dies and then he just wakes up and he's part of Velen Prime in the Shadowlands when Velen Prime is dead. Assuming Velen Prime ever dies. Right. Well, I mean, Velen Prime has been around for ever. A long time. And yeah. so, it, yeah, and who knows how long Velen Prime will be around. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. I guess I was trying to figure out, like... <sighs> yeah, no, a lot of this stuff is, like, a little mind-boggling because it's, like... You're right. Like death is not a, a time is not a construct of death. So like things can happen simultaneously and it, like it doesn't matter. Like it, the essentially it's like the limbo of the universe. Like mortal minds cannot comprehend death. And I'm like, I, I really can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, OK, no, I think that answered the question that I was like trying to figure out. But it's, it's, it's an interesting thought, though. Yes. Like at least I, I should put the caveat. That is my theory on how it all. I, works. I think that's <laughs> correct, though. I feel like they talked about this at BlizzCon or something somewhere like that. Because I feel like they had mentioned something similar on a very basic level, but that would make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I was trying to think. Like, I don't know. Like, because I'm trying to imagine like if all Garrosh's were or like Anduin's a good example. Say like you know. Anduin dies and he goes to Bastion, the prime Anduin, whatever you want to call him. But then there are like instances of him that were bad. And it's like, to me, it's like, how do you, because he's overall good, he would still be there. But it feels almost it, wrong because it's like. Think, think of the alternate characters. Like, you know, it's just like shadows. What, what, but think, think of the alternate characters. Like when you played through a video game, like I, I played through Mass Effect. I did a Paragon playthrough. I was great. Anything. I did everything nice. And then I did a renegade playthrough. I was an a-hole the whole time and I was rude to everybody. When I die, I'm going to get graded on what I did outside of Mass Effect. But those things that I did in Mass Effect are still like a little part of me. No, no, and so, I get like, it. And so Shepard will come with me when I die. It just like, it just feels wrong to be like, ah, yes, this guy was a total 
jerk phase. And he just, but, like, waged war and murdered hundreds of people. But he's just a little fragment of you, so, like, it's overall, it's good. I'm like, Yes, but you also have to consider, because they're an alternate timeline, like, it didn't, it's not fully real. Like, the whole, like, they only, like, even then, like, the Pocket Velen was only Pocket Velen for a little bit of time. Because, I mean, from the time that the Pocket was created, it was 30 years. Well, what about the Draenor orcs that are now in our timeline? What happens to them? Are they, are they the, the, the prime? Or are they not anymore? Like... I guess it doesn't necessarily matter, but then, like, that's just, uh, it's fine. Okay, you've now hit the point where I am just going to throw up my hands and walk away. Okay. Because I don't even, nobody knows how to address the issue of the, the Draenor Orcs. Because, yes, they are from a pocket dimension, but now they're in the main timeline. You can play them as a character. We know as we establish your character gets experience and anima, therefore, yeah. Uh, I think on some level, on some level, we have to assume that the Draenor Orcs that came over we're meant to be here, perhaps. We're meant to be here. That all that there's no instance of any of those orcs having previously existed, and it just worked out that way. <laughs> oh, this is what happens when you do wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Exactly. Yes. This is why you have to cross all your T's and dot all your I's, and you can't come up with a rope analogy in an interview because it. it, it well, even then, a rope analogy analogies by definition are imperfect. So yeah, we're again, we're just like the imperfection on the chart. We're we're clinging to the little bit of information that they given. We're treating it like gospel when it's imperfect at best. And the way it actually works, well, one, it's not like it actually works because it's all fiction. And so right. yeah, you know. But but when you're trying to figure out how it all actually works, yeah, there's going to be some, uh, you know, some frayed ends. Yeah. Okay, we should probably finish wrapping up this poor book before I go on another <laughs> long rant and ramble. Uh, Let's see here. So we're, we're, we're talking about Bastion now. Yeah. Uh, Allie in the chat, Wad wrote them into a corner and they're trying to use ropes to pull themselves out. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Everyone knows how I feel about Warlords of Draenor. It was awesome. It was great storytelling mechanic. Like got everyone up to speed on the old lore and like, I loved it. I love Warlords of Draenor. Definitely narratively probably shot themselves in the foot multiple times. But well, it's 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 one of those things where I feel like when you see people talk about like, oh, you're a storyteller and like, you know, it's, it's you know, especially when you're a storyteller in sort of a long form story where you have, you know, pre-existing lore, like a comic book, stuff like that. And like as a storyteller, it's like you're supposed to you're you're free to pick and choose sort of what you want to be relevant at any given time. And if you wind up rewriting the past, you wind up rewriting the past. And if you wind up. You know, then, then in the future, if everything gets rewritten, it gets re like, it's, it's all about the story you're telling at the time, you know, is this, you know, the, the, the part that has your beginning and middle and end, even if there's stuff that came before the beginning, is that all a cohesive unit? And I think for the most part, Warlord of Draenor was a cohesive unit. It's just that then fitting that into the overall narrative, when you've got people like us, and, and, you know, that, that want everything to align. And just align like and we needle make... at little tiny details that are insignificant. Yes. And they're like, no, why, why are you framing an entire thesis around this one sentence? I'm like, because I can. And they're like, no, please, no, please stop. And you're like, never. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on here. That was Bastion. Let's talk about Revendreth for a moment here. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize this, and I, I don't know if this is something that's mentioned in the in the game, but Sinfall is the original home of the Court of Harvesters. Yes. I feel like so I it was mentioned or at least implied somewhere. I thought I could be wrong. 
But I thought, like, I thought that they had talked about, like, I think it was the invasion of the light, right? That destroyed it. Yes. Uh, and so yes. I, I, I want to say it was in a quest somewhere. It was like one sentence where they're like, oh, yes, this is what Sinfall was. And you're like, oh, okay. And then they like either moved the castle or like not moved it, but like they rebuilt, I guess, away from yeah. Sinfall. Not very far, but still. Also not- Makes sense that they would, given what yeah, happened there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame them at all. But I, I also found it interesting that they mentioned that that's where Denathrius did stuff outside the eyes of the other Eternal Ones. So mm-hmm. already Denathrius was, for a, lo- a while here, he was obscuring his motives and schemes. Mm-hmm. And he, he it, it seems like he never should have been trusted amongst the Eternal Ones. It's not surprising that he was the one that you know, that turned against them and joined the jailer. So that that brings up a question because if, if he was created by the Eternal Ones, which I think they mentioned he was, the, he's the original like Revendreth leader, so he should have been. Like, did they make him devious on purpose? Like, is that just his nature? Like, do they have any control over that? Like, it to me it kind of like brings the question because he seems kind of schemy and pompous by nature, although. To be fair, his domain is entirely about turning over a new leaf, which I am eternally sad that he like didn't really become a redeemable character because I like him, even though he's a giant jerk face. But this is like Katie's like, good jerk face. Zenathrius, <laughs> bad jerk face. Odin. <laughs> even though this guy's the bad guy and this guy's the good guy, uh, supposedly. Uh, and I just realized that nobody that's listening could hear my, see my two gestures. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um... Yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Sorry. No. Fell off a cliff. Well, no, well, no, I, I think, I think Denathrius, I mean, if you look at, he set up Revendreth, basically a figure he was, you know, he created the Venthyr and therefore like every, like all the social systems of Revendreth and the hierarchies there are all his design. And that place is all about backbiting and gossip and, oh yeah, you know, Cattiness. And, and, exactly. And so I would very much say that that was all in his nature that he, you know, that he, he was the venthier of the, the, the eternal ones that he would be backbiting them and gossiping and manipulating and trying to, you know, coveting power amongst the, 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 you know, that group. Um, But like, why would you make someone like that? Like, I guess that was my point. It was like when they created them, they obviously have their own sentience and free will as far as I can tell. Uh, But it's like, like, did did they plant the seeds of like this is gonna be what his personality is like? He's just gonna be a great A. Like, you know, this is for all the the giant jerk faces to go to and hopefully get a little bit better. Because if they don't, they go. You know, the one stop before the maw is basically Rivendreth. Uh, so, like, well, I I think on some level you want someone who maybe understands like that kind of uh, yeah ex- ex- exactly because Rev- Revendreth being a place you know where their their goal is to reform everybody you want somebody who understands you know sort of the, the you know nature the, the, i guess the, the, yeah the nature of being uh, you know a, a you know an a-hole <laughs> for, this, for no no you're word. right you're right i was just like i think it's interesting because it's one of those where it's like it feels like it's inherently flawed because at some point he's going to betray the rest of them for more power like that just feels like it's an inevitability and maybe they were like yeah but at least he'll be like you know there'll be a bunch of souls that get like resurfaced through here and it'll be a long time till that happens i guess if that makes sense well that seems to be an underlying theme here that we've kind of talked about a little bit is that you know again like we said like the first ones put all this machinery in motion and and mm-hmm. ostensibly the first ones would have put 
Denathrius in charge of Revendreth, or at least you know, you know, set it up that far and then step and then step back. And so the question becomes, like, okay, like you set up this machine, you set it up with certain flaws. It's almost a bit like the Matrix in a way, where after enough iterations, it's going to break down, and then like Neo's going to have to fight, uh, you know, Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. And you know, try to save it, and then you know we're gonna we're gonna see what became of that with the the the, the movie coming out soon. But you know, the question becomes like, did the first ones do all this knowing at some point? Because the first ones didn't just put Denathrius there; they put Carestria over as the Archon. They put the Winter Queen. They put uh, the Primus. Most importantly, the Primus, the Primus, who it seems he got like if the, assuming the first ones are all omniscient as far as creating all this, and it's entirely possible that they're not, that they're flawed, and we'll find that out at some point. But the Primus, he seems to be the guy that understands everything, understands how the machine works. And so even when he goes to confront confront, uh, Zoval to see what's going on, he knows full well, I might get caught, so I'm going to bury my sigil over in, uh, was it Corthia? And I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and make sure I leave this sword and this note over here in the, the, at the seat of the Primus with a nice little voicemail recording that's going to explain everything that's going on. I love him so much. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. He's like the, the, the one narrative device we have that's like mostly trustworthy. Like, I'm like, okay, I actually like he's explaining everything and this is good. And like, just keep talking, oh. please. I don't know. I think yes. so. Right. So, yeah, so so. You know, at, at that point, yeah, I, I think because again, we have you have the aspirant, not the aspirants, the attendants, all talking about the purpose. Uh, you know, and again, they don't understand; they don't seem to understand like the flow of time as far as how that all works. And so, it's yeah, like, is there is is all this intentional? It, it basically goes to the question of free will because I know you talked about free will earlier, and we know that we have free will. That's one of the things that has been pointed out repeatedly. Uh, especially like when uh, the the fight, what's his face uh, uh, at the end of Alduar. Uh, oh, um, yes, no, the uh, Al- Algalon. Algalon, yes. yes, thank you. That when you uh, you know that the, you know that he points out is like you you guys have free will. How are you guys able to do this? How many how many worlds have we killed? You know, countless. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've written have, have, countless you know, existences. Right. Right. And, and, you know, did, did all of them have such, you know, value and purpose as you, you know, that, 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 that whole speech there, we know that we're special yes. and we have this free will quality that the other, you know, beings and other, other worlds may not. The other like pocket dimensions, the other, like, yeah, like it, for some reason, the denizens of Azeroth, your player characters are special enough that it's not just like, oh, wow, you're the main character. It's like, no, really almost the cosmos revolves around you and your decisions to some extent. Like the cosmos is influenced by you, but you're not influenced by the cosmos, which is kind of a weird concept, like that they actually run with that as like, yes, this is why you're a main character and a main player in this game is because right. Like, yeah, your existence is not tied to another existence. If that makes sense, which it probably doesn't, but you're not a pocket dimension is what they're trying to say. Right. And that, but that free will is important because especially if you want, you know, you look, look at the events of the game, how many threats have come up and during our, the tenure of our lifetime here that we've had to address that we could only address because we are the player character, because we have the free will, because we're that powerful that, you know, now we look at this like, okay, like if the first ones designed a machine and they know the machine is going to break down at some point because, you know, Denathrius is going to turn and Zoval is going to get out. 
But it just so happens that when it breaks down, we're there to balk and stop them. Mm. Are we part of the design as well? Well, so it's 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 interesting because like if if they create the machine and like it what's really cool to me now that we're talking on the subject of free will, free will has been uh, one of the constant pillars throughout Shadowlands. If like at least to me, like especially revolving around Sylvanas, like that's a key part of her character is like free will and like her robbing Anduin of it. And we see all of those little pieces coming into play, but it also it kind of makes me wonder if like the jailer was like, I don't have free will because I was created to do this one job and I hate this job. And I, you know, he wants to break the cycle of death. He wants to break the machine. And so that part of me wonders if in a way he wants to be like our main characters where he's like, I don't want to have my destiny written for me. I want to be my own individual and do my own thing. And maybe that's part of his like, calculation. And, and it's very possible that like we were written into the grand cosmos because like, this makes me think about the old gods, right? And how they can plan like so far above and beyond what anyone can actually comprehend. Like they can plan so far out that people don't actually understand their plans because they don't make sense because they. Yeah. Well, and old gods are also crazy, but that's different. Um, But uh, it would be interesting to know if like this was all part of a greater plan, because like that's that's what all of the are they keepers in Oribos? Uh I'm trying to remember the. um. Like the scribe guys that flit around. Yeah. And the attendants. The attendants, yeah. They're always like, yeah. you know, believe in the plan, believe in the purpose, right? And so you're kind of like, is, is that like, are we part of that purpose? Like on the big, big, big scale of things? And it's hard to know. I think we're yeah. going to have to ask the eternal ones about that one. <laughs> They'll probably be like, yes. No, and you'd be like, okay. That's a oversimplified question and answer. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I, I think to, to take it a step further, because uh, you point out Sylvanas wants to obtain free will, mm-hmm. um, you know, assuming that our player characters have free will, you know, that, that Algoan is referring to us, do the NPCs then have it or does it not extend to them? Because it's, is it possible that Sylvanas currently does not have free will and is incapable of having free will because she's an NPC? I know. I'm like, we're breaking this barrier between gameplay and lore and like in, in some extent, uh, that makes sense. Like, oh gosh, I love when we dig too deep. I wouldn't call it digging too deep, but it isn't actually a good question, right? Like, they say the denizens of Azeroth, but it's like, is every denizen of Azeroth like the author of their own story? If that makes sense, like, you know, I see the like a troll NPC or a goblin, like Prince Donis. Like, is is does he have authority over his story? Does that make sense? And part of me be like, maybe not, because like for some reason. The heroes of Azeroth are different and special. I don't know if that means all of the children of Azeroth. Also, I want to point out something that bothers me, because orcs are not technically orcs and Draenei are not children of Azeroth. So That's true. Uh, That's true. Eh, so like there's there's but and like if you're born on Azeroth, but your parents are from Draenor, I'm like, does that make you a child of Azeroth? I, I have a lot of questions. We're gonna ignore that for now, because that's a whole nother can of worms that I'm sure the lore people are going to curse my name for. Um but like it, it, it's interesting that for whatever reason, Azeroth is at this crux where like if you are a being on Azeroth, you're somehow important. And I don't know if that just extends to people that like go there, like it, it, to some extent, or like they, their destiny is to wind up there. I think it's like a, a central hub for beings of great importance. I think is the best way I could think of it. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, because I, I, it's just like ah, uh, yeah, orcs and Draenei. Not part of Azeroth, therefore. 
Yeah. Well, it's why it's why Arakoa are not a playable race, but Draenei no. are. <laughs> you just had to poke that wound. It's okay. I know. I it, that's uh, that's my wound too. Like, Don't worry. does does Fulgin not have? Does he not have control over his future? It's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Solaris Weston in the chat said Zoval went back in time and made Activision and Blizzard merge. <laughs> I shouldn't find that as funny as I do. That was a good one. Uh, <laughs> oh no, we're getting too meta here. All right, let's go on to the next chapter before we uh, <laughs> get in trouble. Yes, all right, fair enough. Because um, <laughs> we're going to Maldraxxus, so, uh, I believe. Is yes, we're one. going to Maldraxxus, my, my, one of my favorite zones yes. here. Um, so one of the theories is that Maldraxxus is alive. Which it's it's not, which was cool. I'm glad they clarified that because it, it feels like it's alive in how like the well, flesh moves and stuff. Yeah, it has living parts. Yes. Like it looks, it, yeah. Like there are literally like things are, that like twitch above ground yes. and you're like, ugh. Yes. No, and, and so they say that it's just made of flesh and bone and it's intended to be malleable by the Primus for training his army. So if you're... <sighs> If you're building an army of flesh crafters, you need flesh as a resource to learn your craft. Where do they get all that from? They just made it. They make it out of anima. That's like the weirdest no. hobby I've ever heard. It's like, yeah, I take anima. So it's like, oh, yeah, what do you do? It's like, oh, I make like beautiful golden structures out of anima. It's like, oh, yeah, what do you do? Well, I grow beautiful forests. What do you do? Oh, I build like very suave buildings. What do you do? I make flesh lumps. And everyone just kind of... Just turns and looks at him. It's like, what? And he's like, yeah, that's that's my jam, guys. I make this giant, fleshy, nasty bits. And everyone's like, you need to get out more, my dude. Like, yeah. Yep. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, I'm glad they clarified it because it kind of makes sense why, like, pieces of it can move. Like, I didn't ever really think of it as being sentient. Like, it could move around, like, at its own will. But, like... Almost like a, I guess the way I would think of it is like, after a body dies, like it can still twitch and move a little bit. Yeah. So like kind of like the aftershocks. It's, the the nerve is alive, but it's not connected to like any kind of intelligence. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's very, very basic. Uh, again, you know, life for f- flesh crafting purposes. Um, so the implication that they make here with respect to the Primus is that he's responsible for the language of domination. Yeah. Which. And. I mean, like we knew he's a rune carver, so that makes sense. But I, I'm surprised that he, like he's the one that created it. And that's that exactly. Now that's where this is where I think. Uh, oh, what was her name here? Was it? Uh, oh, the um, uh, Talora, yeah. the author, mm-hmm. and her and Ala uh, uh, uh They start to differ a little bit because Alfarim, in his notes, he says he sees like another like a seventh form of magic. Mm. And I don't think he actually comes out and says it's domination, but I think that's the, that was at least my interpretation. Mm. And maybe, and, and now here we've got the Primus saying like, no, I create, or, you know, or, or at least Talora saying that the Primus created the domination magic. Um, I would believe that that's another, like it's almost its own entity. Like it's close enough to death, but it's like death. It's like a mixture of death and order in a weird way. Yes. And so like, I would totally believe that it's its own, construct just because it doesn't really fall neatly into any of the categories like in a way it's similar to like how a loon kind of feels like a mixture of light and life domination magic very much feels like a a, a mixture of 
maybe arcane to some extent, but I would think like order and death are the two that I would uh, uh, ally it with, I guess. Yeah. No, it's, I think this is something that they're setting up to explain mm-hmm. at some point how this all fits together. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do get I mean, a, another cosmology chart with seven spheres on it or, uh, you know, or, 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 or some, some they, angle where it may. Didn't they say that add. there were seven entities? I thought that they said there were seven. Maybe I misread they that at have. the end. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense that they go into domination magic, especially after what's happened to Anduin more recently. So, uh, I would guess we're going to get a lot more answers on how that works. And like, I I mean, because we know a little bit about Death Knights, but like, I feel like Death Knights really kind of scrape the surface of domination magic, and like. There's a lot to explore there, which would be really cool, which we haven't done. Actually, Katie says, now thinking about it, it would make a really cool class. <laughs> so here we are. Katie's like predicting the next one, which is not Bard, unless your Bard can sing Domination Magic, which would actually no. be pretty cool. No, the the the, uh, the specs of Domination Magic are Unholy, Blood, and Frost. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, like more like uh, an actual necromancer not just like a warlock but like actual yes. necromancy uh, like they have in diablo would be neat um yes because like death knights are kind of like uh well they're death knights they're like a knight that is a necromancer sort of but it'd be cool to actually have a class that wields true domination magic so like it could have things kind of like the priests do where they have a mind control but it's more so than that it's it's more focused on the domination and controlling of another creature or subject that isn't like you know uh either like wouldn't it be crazy if you could take over another character or something like that like another person's player character i don't know well well, you can it's just against the terms of service right (laughs) shush you (laughs) but still you're not wrong anyway sorry we'll get back to the topic at hand yes so let's move on to the maw here um where basically we established that sylvanas was the first maw walker uh, as far as being able to 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 sort of come and go there, um, we did know that the or, or, or did the first ones know that the mall walkers were coming. I feel uh, like they must have because there's there's the stone right, the like the waystone right. that allows you to get out of the maw, which people I, I want to say people clearly knew existed to some capacity, but it didn't react to anyone. Right. So well, go ahead. I was going to say, that goes back to my theory earlier about, are we there, you know, is this all part of the purpose? Are we there as part of this? Is this part of the plan for when, you know, Denathrius would eventually turn? Oh, but we have the mall walkers here to to counter that. And that's what's playing out. So, yeah, that kind of ties into that. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I guess that's one of those where it's like, I I imagine, at least to some extent, it's hard. Because, like, I want to say, like, yes, the Eternal Ones know enough that they're like, ah, yes, this is just you know, this is going to happen and we've already like laid all of it out and it will just play out like a story. But part of me is like, it would be more interesting if they were like, yes, this ha-, like part of me is like, what would it be if the eternal ones could see all possibilities and they're like, okay, it's possible that the machine of death will break at some point. So this is our like backup plan is that, you know, like through the events in this timeline, cause like it, if they could see, Kind of like the infinite dragon flight, or not infinite, I mean infinite too, but the bronze dragon flight can see all different possibilities for different um, pocket dimensions, so to speak. But it'd be interesting if the eternal ones could do something similar, but just like with the cosmos of everything, right? They're like, 
or for each of their constructs. So like death could see all the possibilities of what will happen in the realm of death. Life will see all the possibilities that will happen in the realm of life, but life can't see what's going to happen to death. Right. So death is like, all right, so there, there's, there's a chance that this will all go sideways and it'll get effed up and here's how it's going to be fixed. So this is, I'm going to put this as a contingency plan. So the Ma walkers, which are the central time, the central line, the, the, I don't know, the core line, if you will, of existence, uh, will be able to fix it. Which is, but it's also weird, like, to think that as far as I understand, death is only a singular instance, right? So, like, the Maw is a singular instance. Like, there are not multiple pocket dimensions of the Maw, there is only the one Maw. So, in a way, it's like... I wonder if it can have multiple. Oh, no, I'm starting to hurt my brain. I'm like, <laughs> can it have yeah. multiple instances of things that could happen? Or does it only have one timeline that I, they can I see? Think, I think we're, we're putting too much weight on we the are. on the alternate timelines. Like, they're really a lot more, um, they're a lot more ephemeral than we give them credit for. Probably. That they're, they, they kind of, they're, they're little bubbles that blink in and out of existence. And sometimes they have enough of a connection that maybe somebody might have a feeling for it. But- but even then, like they said, like oh, Draca would re- like would recognize you from your time in Dran, and I don't think Draca has. Like, I don't no. think she said anything. Like, I remember, like there's been no acknowledgement from from Dranor. So I don't. No, she doesn't talk to you about from Dranor, but she recognizes Thrall. Right. So like it, it's but but I thought there. Oh well, maybe not. Because I was gonna say I thought there was a, a timeline where she didn't have Thrall as a son, but he must have been her son in so many timelines that that's like. A true instance. Well, also, I think. Well, we know that Draka's left the Shadowlands too because we saw her in that. Uh, yes, in the one yes. short. Right, in so the, it's the it's entirely world. possible that. Right, it's entirely possible that she's encountered Thrall. Maybe not like directly, but like she's witnessed him, seen him. You know, been able to scry on him in some way to know who he was. You know, but even then, I think she says, "What I, I recognize your father's eyes," like something like that. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, so so that she's not really going on like, oh, yeah, I've seen you before. I know who you are. Like, she, she's saying, like, I, I would, I just know my own offspring mm-hmm. inherently. So, yeah. No, like, yeah. that's one of those things are, that was a cool bit that they did. I, I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, sorry, I forgot about Draca being able to leave because I'm like, that brings up a whole nother, like, swath of questions. I'm like, does that mean that some people in the Shadowlands, that are like our characters, our core people that are independent that can leave the Shadowlands. Like they, they have enough um, agency over themselves that they can leave and go somewhere. Like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's I've well, I, I mean, it was all part of her operate. You know, her her not yeah her you know her uh, her military uh, right operation. But she's yeah, the so only it's, one it's, we know of that can. I mean, that that would argue the fact that Ysera might be able to leave as well. And I, well, Ysera is different because Ysera yeah, is very specifically connected yes. through the the bond of the Winter Queen. Like Ysera may very may very much be physically tied to it's, yeah it's Ardenweald possible. at this point. Yeah, I just like it's just one of those things where it's like we've seen one character that can leave, and it makes me wonder if others can as well to some extent. Which it might have just been a narrative device as well, but like yeah. that makes me think that at least like the Primus or the. Um, the the not the barons the the heads of the houses of Meldraxes, um, they might the Margraves. The Margraves, thank you. Uh, they have somehow have potentially some of them have access to 
places outside the construct of death. Because, like, that yeah. world that we saw, we were fairly certain is was a Legion planet, right? Because it had the Legion guards in it. So it's like, they are able to leave the realm of death, sort of, but not necessarily enter the plane of life. I don't know. It, sorry, I have right. to. Well, well, it's, it's I, I, you know, I think just like we found a way to get into the realm of death right. without dying. And so they have their ways of getting into the realm of life without being reborn. Which is weird. And, Cool, yeah. but Which weird. Which is weird because, like, yeah, what does that? What, yeah, what does that, that mean? mean? Because, like, could you, if she, if she decided not to leave, could you just keep living in the real world? But then when she dies, she's not going to the Shadowlands because she already went to the Shadowlands, so she's kapoof. Right. Or would, would her would her soul then be stuck there? And then the Kieran would be like, okay, you've done this before. Let's go do this again. Go to the Arbiter. You know, blah 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 blah. So. And then, like, yeah, we'll have to see. Would she be because time is not a construct of death? So then, but she'd be like, ah, yes. Well, at some point, the the wheel, you know, the machine of death was broken. Then I came here for a while, and then I went back, and then I went to Azeroth, and then I came back here. So, like, but time hasn't and has simultaneously passed. It's fine. Yes. I'm just twisting myself <laughs> in knots. It's okay. You just, just it's fine. I don't know. Just, I just, it's fine. Yep. Nope, it's fine. Let's, I should. I just really should stop twisting myself in knots here. Let's let, let's move on here. So, Hi. other notes here regarding uh, regarding the Maw is that uh, phylacteries are of Maldraxi origin. Yep. I think we knew that because the liches are of Maldraxi origin. Yeah, and there's the a whole quest line. Yeah, about yes. that. So, which is cool. And then, and then also they mentioned Buonsamdi, and they talk about he, he was originally a priest of Moizala, which yes. I think we we finally are be able to put together Buonsamdi's yes. origin story. Yeah, um, which, and how everything fits with Moizala there. Yes, yeah, because that was, I think, uh, at least as far as I know, they're, they're, they didn't have a concrete answer to that until now, which is, yeah. I can't wait to see Blonde again. What a crazy guy. I like him. Yes. So then we finally get to the final chapter where <laughs> all the good stuff was supposed to be the last 10 pages. Chapter 9, the mm -hmm. first ones. Uh, so they talk about centers of knowledge that were shaped by the first ones. Ouroboros. Yes. Banneref. Nirim on and Corthia. And so Oribos and Corthia, we know yes. we've been to. Baroneth and Nirim on. I what are they setting up here? I feel like I've heard it's either Nirim on or Banneth. I thought one of them was gonna be oh, what's the broker's homeworld? It's not either of those, I don't think. But like I don't think I, I don't I think we just know they're from the in-between. I don't think we know where they're from. I thought that they that was gonna be a raid though. Maybe it was You're thinking of Taz Tazavesh, the uh Oh yep. The, the mega dungeon. Yep, yep. That's what I'm thinking of. My bad. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I think they are setting up our next places because they do a good job doing that. Um, that Those actually still might be, it's possible that those, I, I don't know if they're going to do a 9-2. I would guess. I think they are. Um, I, I've, they have to. <laughs> yeah, who knows at this I point? I mean, yeah, I was going to say, to be fair, with the pandemic, it's probably thrown off a lot of their um, development. Uh, I, and Recent events probably aren't helping uh, with some of that either. Um, but like, yeah, no, they, they've definitely brought up two new places. And we've seen we've been to Corthia. Um, so I don't know. I wonder what they're going to be like. Are they like because I can see those being like new zones for us to explore, but they also might be like new expansion zones. Like they might be big enough that they're important enough to branch them out of Shadowlands and into a new thing. Um, right. Or, or, you know, it could be somewhere where, you know, like, you know, 10.2, time to go to Baroneth for whatever reason. Right, and then, right. 
oh, here's a bunch of first ones lore, bam, and then go back to whatever you were doing before, uh, you know, to finish up 10.3, like, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Yeah. Right. So they also do reference Alpharim, mm-hmm. uh, the other broker who was uh, transcribing everything, that he was working to find the sepulcher, translating the glyphs. Uh, and then we learned that Zareth means keystone or cornerstone. And that has speculated a lot, to a lot of speculation that Azeroth sounds a bit like Azareth, which uh, could mean that Azeroth is some sort of keystone or cornerstone. Ah, uh, um, like it could be like Azareth and that's Azeroth. Like this is a cornerstone. It'd actually be interesting if there were like four main pillars, if that makes sense. And like Azeroth was one of the four or something or three or whatever, but it's like, it'd be like Azeroth and like, um, Anzareth or like, you know, like the ones, like three that sound very similar and it just actually, they're all variations on the word for cornerstone. Um, I would believe it. I would believe it. Absolutely. Cause Zareth sounds a lot like Zaroth. Yeah. Not, not a far, uh, not far reach there. And as far as I know, we don't know where the like the name Azeroth came from. Like it might have been the Titans, but I don't know if that that's actually ever been confirmed. And I believe that some of the different cultures have a different name for Azeroth, but most of them call it Azeroth. Um, well, let's we'll, we'll we'll get to this speculation because <laughs> um, I, I, I do just want to wrap up. There's yeah, yeah. a little epilogue, an- another letter from yes. t- uh, Telora at the end here, um, where basically the gist is. That these mortals are super powerful and they also are willing to spend super tons of currency. Uh, So we definitely need to breach the mortal plane and set up some shops on Azeroth so we can keep bilking these people. Even though they don't deal in anima directly, we can still get stuff from them. Mm -hmm. They're pretty cool. So that all but says like you will see brokers in the expansions going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if we got brokers in Stormwind and Orgrimmar in 10.0 if not like 9.3 or whatever or whatever you know the final ex- the final patches of this expansion i think they'll definitely be there at the start of the next one you know what would be a really cool mechanic for brokers uh is just like uh like a currency exchange so like as much as i don't want to be like oh yeah pvp currencies but like you could almost exchange like any type of currency for a different currency right so you're like oh i have all of this like I don't know, uh, Tolbarad stuff, right? You're like, oh man, I have all of these sigils or whatever. You go to the broker and exchange like 50 of them for like five of a different kind of currency on Azeroth. Just just something that, that that's a totally like random thing. But that'd be kind of cool. Well, that should be a thing. I can also see that they don't want to set up a situation where, oh, it's easier to run, you know, yeah. such and such dungeon for such and such currency. And then use that to trade that to whatever other currency you want. Then it is to actually run the content that they intended you to run for. Like, it, it makes sense to use that in the, in terms of like, okay, you know what? Like I've got a ton of, mm. um, I can't even think of the currencies, but like, you know, like whatever currencies I've got from say like Mr. Pandaria that I'm not, like the, 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 was it the iron paw tokens or whatever the, right. the cooking tokens. I got a ton of those. They're literally sitting in my, you know, bags, not doing anything. Can I change those to, um, you know, like, uh, uh, whatever the leap or something yeah like toll, toll rat or something or like the whatever the legion currency was what you could use on the uh the broken shore mm-hmm. to buy all the, the the stuff from that one vendor um you know like these are all old currencies i'm not gonna run stuff on legion i'm not doing anything with the, the iron mm-hmm. plus stuff could i you know could they put something in like that yes but then does that set up a situation where somebody feels compelled to somebody can, feels compelled also to run a bunch of legion stuff and then also oh i can also go do something else now and get a bunch of currency and it 
you know, it, it sets up secondary situations that I don't think they want to deal with. But that's possible. You know, it, 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 it would be nice for them to do something like that. I guess my my only thought with that is like, if someone prefers running a certain type of content, like, oh, hey, I want to do the Iron Paw tokens because I like that way better than going and getting my myself ganked and told Barad by someone that's way over leveled or whatever it is, right? Like, I don't want to do this punishing content, but I'd really like the rewards. They could still get it and it would be it'd be more difficult and it would take longer, but they'd still be able to unlock it in the long run, which I, I don't know. <laughs> right. It definitely yeah. has that has flaws, but that was just a cool thought that yeah. I had. So here we are. It's yeah. No, it'd be nice if that was something they explored because I mean, yeah, there's there's we wind up with so much currency in our bags and in our little currency thing that it's just it's just dead currency. Dead We're currency. never going back to that content. We're ne- you know, maybe there's some cases where we've bought everything that we can mm-hmm. with that and now it's just sitting there. Um, you know, that, that, yeah, it would be nice if we could convert some of that, but, uh, so let's go ahead here. I have some, some final notes here as far as some of the, the speculation coming out of this, as far as what, what's going on, the way they talk about the sepulcher, but here, and also with, with Zoval going to the sepulcher, mm. I'm pretty sure the sepulcher will be the final raid. Yes. It-, it will go into the sepulcher. That will be where Zoval is trying to get the power of the first ones. Maybe he'll have it and that'll make it an extra tough fight. You know, uh-huh. we'll have to see. Maybe um, we'll see one of the first ones. I think they're possible. alive. We, I think they're, well, as much as they may or may not exist currently. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, that's just like a totally derailed your thoughts. Sorry. No, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, like what is the status of the first ones? We have no idea. When what are the first ones? Like, right. it'd be really cool if like each one looked like the element that they represent, right? So like death looked like just dead like and more so than like zolval does right because zolval just looks like a buff dude with a hole in his chest and no hair like i don't know i'm thinking more like kind of like the the dragons in the emerald dream or emerald nightmare that are like actually decaying you know but um i guess that's not just death that would actually be decay anyway yes sorry derailed it again right at the end here um but i agree about the sepulcher that's been a theme for a while now and I think either it will be the final raid or it will it might be the kind of like the Ouroboros for the next expansion where it's going to be important enough that we're going to stay there. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think that that depends on what winds up happening with the next expansion. Yes. If they still plan on, on telling the entire Shadowlands story in one expansion or if they've decided that, you know, they need to push that spread it out a little bit. Just like this is going to be two episodes instead of one. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> We had a lot to say. <laughs> we did have a lot. To say. I feel like I owe you like five bucks because it was like I, we're not gonna because we're talking about this. Like, oh, we'll we'll talk about the first part of uh, we'll talk about the first part of Grimoire this week, and then we'll do the rest. Next. I'm like, no, we only need one episode. We don't need two episodes for that. No. Nick, we always no, need two I episodes. Was wrong. <laughs> we always need two episodes. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll eat my hat on that one. But uh, hmm. the other thing though that I'm thinking is the way they talk about Alpharim here, and the way he. Because again, like my first exposure to Alpharim was his notes from Tazavesh, where it's like, okay, like it's from his perspective, and he kind of talks about uh, Talora, like she's she's inferior. But here, give, I feel like Grimoire has more weight in this regard. Alpharim feels like he's going to be like a almost like a, a, a fanatical heretic. Yeah, and he's kind of like the Arbiter could, in, um, sorry, in Halo. Yes, like everyone's like, ah, oh, he's a heretic. I'm like, no, no, that guy just actually knows what's going on now. So like. Right. But anytime anybody gets kind of heretical, we have to put them down. Yeah. And so I could see him being in the sepulcher, being a raid boss that we will have to fight 
And he might be able to draw on some of the power of the first ones because he's learned a lot from his glyphs and whatnot. So that might be an interesting fight. It actually would be cool if instead of fighting him, he's actually allowed to like aid us in the fight. So it'd almost be like the the broker fight um, in uh, Castle Nathria, but like reversed. So he's like turning on and reading glyphs that like help give debuffs to whatever. It could even be Zolval. Like he could help us take down Zolval because he's like, I know... I've been just kind of sitting there crazy, like kind of scratching him. So he's like, yeah, I've been here for a very long time. And you're like, are you okay, dude? Do you like need a glass of water or something? He's like, I don't know how long I've been here. I'm like, okay, okay all right. Well, he, I want to like Alfarine. I do too. I, I feel like he's, 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 scr- he's going up the right tree. Yes, I think so. He is. He, he's, 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 he's going in the right places. He's looking for the right information. I want him to be successful, mostly so he can tell us he can be the vehicle by which all this lore is delivered. So I don't necessarily want to kill him. I would love it if we get to the sepulcher and maybe he's like the NPC there and he's kind of helping guide us around and whatnot and get us familiar with the, the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel the way that this is all laid out here. It's like, okay, we're going to tease you a little bit with his notes here. And then we may not even interact with him. He may just be, cause I mean, most of the raid bosses, you have to read like the lore to find out or listen to like dungeon yeah. fables to figure out what's going on. And I think it could just be the thing where like, yeah, okay, here's a broker boss, Alpharim, and only people who are like paying attention know like, this is why we're fighting him. Right. Whereas he's just a boss with whatever crazy mechanics and people will call him, you know, whatever, like, you know, the, the, the glyph boss or whatever. <laughs> like, I want to have a character that we get to know, like, I want to like him, like you say, like, I, I want him not to be evil because it would be nice to have a character that is doing this for the sake of knowledge instead of doing it for the sake of like themselves or for the rest of the brokers. Like, um, because they're starting to label him as eccentric, they're like, Oh no, he's, he's eccentric. He's kind of sick. I'm like, maybe he's starting to actually like break away from the brokers and his cartel and being like, no, I have like, like a true scholar. Like I've devoted my entire existence to this. I'm going to crack it. Gosh, darn it. Like I'm ready to go. And you're like, Oh, Hey dude. And you're like, I have, you know, I think your work is valuable. And he just like latches onto that. He's like, yes, yes, it is. Finally, someone can see. And you're like, okay, dude. And like, it'd be cool if he was like uh, a NPC that comes up. Actually, it'd be great if he was an NPC that came up like in future expansions, because like either he's discovered more about the first ones or even like he's like oh, i've i've watched how the first ones influences like spider webbed out and i'm also exploring that so we just happen to run into him in all sorts of scenarios and you're like oh it's that guy again how are you and he's like i haven't slept in three eternities and you're like okay all right all right i'll go get you some coffee we'll, uh, we'll sit down and catch up <laughs> so i don't know i, I would like to see an npc that we like kind of like chromie like one that we get to see that is so incredibly knowledgeable that just kind of interacts with us on like somewhat of a basic level, but they're like, ah, oh, it's good to see you again. Like I haven't died. I'm still important. I don't know. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's long thoughts yeah. about characters. So my final theory of speculation from yes. reading this, the sepulcher is either on Azeroth or possibly is Azeroth. It could now, be. Why why what makes you say that? Well, I feel like I mean, obviously we don't know where the portal took Zoval. Right. But I feel like Azeroth is so important here. Azeroth is the center of the universe quite literally it seems. It's some it, it has a unique focus and I think the first ones if they were going to store this knowledge I think they would have put it somewhere, you know, I think they would have put it somewhere important. Like any, like 
all the different realms, even if, I mean, maybe they have a pocket realm that's just like the sepulcher somewhere. I suppose that's possible. But I just get the impression, like reading this, like they talk about the, the way they talk about the sepulchre with reverence, the way they talk about Azeroth with reverence. I feel like that we're going to find out, like, no, like when Zolval went through that portal, he went, he wound up somewhere on Azeroth and he's like digging like deep into it. Like we're talking, I'm, I'm talking like deeper than the Titan machinery. I'm like, oh that, man, it's going to be um, Azerite 2.0 with him digging a big not hole. Not quite. Not quite. And I, I'm not sure. When I say like it is Azeroth or versus it being on Azeroth, like maybe it's just like it's buried somewhere deep on Azeroth. But then also we know that uh, Rathion said we have to rebuild the final Titan. Yes. So. So. Because we know that. What, well, at least we all assume. I think they've actually made it uh, explicit now that Azeroth is a sleeping Titan. Right. Right. So. I think it it would be it makes sense if like Azeroth is the final Titan. Azeroth is like the the center point. Like Azeroth might be like the Titan of knowledge insofar, like not not the a keeper, but like truly the one that embodies all of the will of um the uh, the first ones. Like that that would make some sort of sense. Like especially if Azeroth is dormant, right? And that's why the old gods keep trying to tap into it. Maybe they're like, ah, I know what the sepulchre is like. It's here, guys. Like, let's all go get right. it. Like, that's why we have three old gods on that planet. And like most planets barely have one, if that. Because um, we also know that they're trying to corrupt the Titans. But the fact that this one has three old gods on it has always like interested me. St- narrative wise, like I could see what they're like. Ah, yes. Like, you know, we just want you to go kill old gods because they're cool and interesting. Uh, but if like this Titan was special, which we know that Azeroth is to some capacity, that would make a lot of sense that they're either a cornerstone of the sepulchre because maybe there are three maybe there are two other sleeping titans or however many cornerstones there are uh and or maybe azeroth is the sepulchre itself right well what if azeroth isn't a titan but it's still an intelligence like a a a cosmological intelligence and when the planet the first ones put the planet around it the other titans find it to them this is just what Titans. A baby yeah. Titan looks right, like. Right. And so they're like, okay, there's, there's intelligence in here. This is a planet. Everything's fine. We're going to put our Titan machinery on here around the edges. But deep inside, Azeroth is just the like the 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 collected intelligence of the first ones. Maybe it's their essence after they mm-hmm. died or whatever became of them that's waiting to be reemerge. And we're mistaking it for a Titan when it's not a Titan at all. Right. That's very possible. Like, I know that I think one of the reasons that we all believe it's a Titan is because of all the tit- Titan machinery. But... The, I think that. Well, go ahead. Which, well, I can say up until Shadowlands, we haven't had anything other than Titans. Right. Yeah. We didn't know there could be didn't other things there than were Titans. Like, you know, another step yeah. above that. Um, when when every when every hammer is a Titan, then every baby planet is a nail. Right. <laughs> Not every. Well, most of them. Most of them. They're like geodes. You just gotta keep cracking them open until you find another one. <sighs> oh man. Like I'm like Katie got a little sad lore wise because I'm like eh, Titans destroying planets to find that's fine like old gods kill them, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah so like it would make sense uh, in a lot of ways and like we know that Azeroth has a heartbeat right because we go to the heart chamber and it's yes so like there's something that's alive that is the planet so that is like something that can be hurt something that can be hurt something that presumably has some form of consciousness. Although like Magni's like, 
like champions i can talk to azeroth and like have you gotten out in the last week like have you talked to anyone that isn't a giant rock and he's like no and i'm like all right i'm gonna go get you some brewfest beers uh and we're gonna we're gonna go walk outside and not talk to a planet and yeah but i mean like i know that like the the diamond king is a pawn right like so we know that he was manipulated to some extent so it's like yeah there's, there's there's a lot of it's fine yeah, and 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 I mean, to a degree, we could be being manipulated too. Because yeah. again, we don't we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, and so <laughs> gonna yeah, look back in three years and be like, ah, every all of these theories are wrong. Everything's wrong. Of course, of course. <laughs> they probably listen to but, our podcast. They're like, oh, we have to specifically avoid these story points just so they're wrong. I'm sure that's what they do. I I could also see something where the sepulcher is somewhere on Azeroth that they can bring back something like maybe the Dragon Isles. Ah, yes. A, a relatively small area, but very important. But also, hey, there's a you know there's a cave here, and then uh, you know, and then boom, the, the Zoval's over there fighting with the dragons to get in. Yeah, like it, it. They have a lot of ways to if if this is truly part of the narrative, they have a lot of ways to do it. I believe that Azeroth. I mean. Azeroth is going to be a key component in the narrative, no matter what, just because of its nature. And we know that it's important like that. That has been hammered into us again and again. So, like, there's no disputing that I'm it would be interesting. I mean, like, you know, when Sargeras like tried to kill Azeroth. Right. I don't know that we actually ever figured out entirely why, but like we were all like, ah, yes, he's like a vindictive. We don't. We don't know that he tried to kill Azeroth. We just know that he stabbed right. the planet with a sword. But like, and, and I mean, maybe he knows that's where the sepulcher is. Like, that could be a thing. Like, maybe he was trying to like crack it open like an egg and be like, "Aha! I'm going to get infinite power." Like, I don't know. What What if the sword is the doorway into the sepulcher? Then it's very possible. Like, it this, the sword is still there, uh, and it also there's always that little like portal thing at the top of the sword that always looked like you could go into it, and I was always like, yeah, "It looks like a raid entrance." I thought You're it was right. gonna be a raid and, entrance. And, Maybe that's that. That's we have to go in through the sword. It's to like get an elevator. Yeah, center vessel. <laughs> <laughs> with nice elevator music. That's what we need. Could you imagine just like standing in there with like Azeroth's best heroes and like Illidan and all? You're just all like crammed in this elevator. And there's just crappy elevator music and this little static. Like it's just staticky and awful. You're just sitting there and he's like kind of tapping his hoof and he's like, yeah, okay, all right, this is fine. I'm like, oh. Who forgot to shower today? Man, everyone smells like, oh, God. <laughs> Everybody's got to smell terrible. Oh, yeah. This is- oh, yeah. Just like covered in just like gore and like whatever. Like, oh, yeah. What did you do before you came here? Oh, you know, I just was wading through the marshes or whatever. Whatever adventurers are doing. It's like, yeah, man, this is fine. <sighs> elevator boss. They should have an actual elevator exactly. boss. That'd be that'll, that'll be that'll That'll be in there. Yes. <laughs> That's my prediction oh. for WoW. 11.1 or something. Just a whole expansion. That's just, elevators. just elevators. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. All right. As you can tell, I think we're getting punchy. Yeah, we're getting punchy. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably leave now. We should probably leave now. We've gone for quite some time yeah. here. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up. This has been the torn and the goblin number one thirty four. Ooh, we were uh, wrong. You. Thank you to Jarrett for producing. Oh, wait, no, no you're right. You're right. <clears throat> yeah, we're good. No, because we, yeah, yeah, no, we started at 133. Yeah, now we're in 134. I do that. It's yes. fine. I figured it out too late. Open my yes, mouth without thank thinking. You. 
Thank you to Jarrett for producing. Thank you to Kurabara for editing. Thank you in the chat room. We had Shantyman Gaming, Solaris Wesson, and Ali stop by. Uh, they were chatting also. Keeping us uh, on point. Def B, Ergolta, uh, Ice Wizards, Madden Sun. Uh, thank you all for hanging out in the chat room. And thank you, everybody at home, for downloading and listening. We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Katie, where can people find you? As always, you can find me at HyroleMasters77 on Twitter. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, uh, talking about Warcraft news and guild management. Uh, hopefully we can get an episode out here. We've been having some problems with that. Also on Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, uh, where this week we should be talking about uh, Omega. Uh, more, uh, more of our time on Omega and who is Archangel. So check all that out. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at uh, mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or uh, what you think of the Sepulchre or the first ones or Grimoire. Or just get mad Torn at Goblin. us. <laughs> exactly. For not exactly. being consistent and posting recently. Email us your disappointment. <laughs> no! At Torn Goblin at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can and visit mtv.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support mash those buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron exclusive content. Also for those in the chat room, please consider a Twitch subscription if you can. And you can also check out our humble bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtv.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. Our next episode is scheduled to record live at twitch.tv. You know, I don't know. I don't even know when this episode's going up. And, I, you know, in honesty, we're not on a regular recording schedule anywhere right, right now. Not at the moment, but we will. So, so, soon. Yeah, TM. So, so just just, fo- just follow us on Twitter. We'll let you know when it's coming. Or try. I don't know. It'll, it, it, it'll, it should be a Wednesday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, look for that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, check Twitter. Just check Twitter. For Katie, I'm Nick. Ancestors watch over you. Lore is the Zareth of Warcraft, friends. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 